That's the way every day goes Every time we've no control If the sky is pink and white If the ground is black and yellow It's the same way you show Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast Energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of PewterReport.com. We got a fun show today. We're going to talk about the depth chart. That's right, the entire roster of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, what they look like right now before the draft comes up next week. But first, I have to tell everybody, be careful. Tampa is not safe anymore because there's not a hero watching it, unfortunately. Blaine Gabbert has uh, set off for greener pastures going back to the Midwest and signed with the defending champion Kansas City Chiefs. So I'm your host, Matt Matera, but my concern right now is with our guy, the face that runs the place of Peter Report, Scott Reynolds. Scott. Yes. How are you during these trying times? I'm holding up. Um, I'm holding up uh, pretty well because as someone who's from Kansas City and knows intimately the level of barbecue that Blaine Gabbert will be feasting on when he goes back to his home state, Missouri, right? So he's a Midwest guy like myself. We bonded over barbecue. And uh, so I'm excited that he will be joining the Kansas City Chiefs. If not in Tampa Bay, I'd, I would place him in Kansas City if, if I could pick and choose. So he made the right choice. And uh, Blaine Gabbert will be, um, will be one happy guy, probably adding a couple of inches to his chiseled waistline now with all of the delectable delicacies in Kansas city, uh, everything pork and chicken and beef. Uh, it's just, it's a barbecue Mecca. So uh, I know Blaine will certainly enjoy that aspect of it. And uh, you know, for the Buccaneers, Matt, their quarterback room just got uglier. If we can tell the truth, uh, no yeah. disrespect What's to Baker wise. Mayfield or Kyle Trask, but um, I'm just saying it's like, you know, it's it's one thing to lose Tom Brady, who was the second best looking quarterback in Tampa Bay, but to lose Blaine Gabbert, number one, yeah, it stings. You know, um, so I, I don't know if um, you know. I, I, I've kind of likened Will Levis to a, a collegiate version of Blaine Gabbert, although not as good looking. Um, you know, we'll see if the Bucks uh, can can get a better looking quarterback in the building. Again, no, no disrespect to to Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask, they're 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 both you know quality looking guys, but um, just can't hold a candle to the mullet, um, that, you know that that Blaine had. No, nobody can, nobody can. Yeah. And uh, on a realistic note, very happy for Blaine Gabbert. Um, honestly, uh, an awesome situation for him. He gets to go, really back, go and and back up Patrick Mahomes. You know the Chiefs are going to be contending again. I mean they're they're set up to regardless of who's playing wide receiver for them. But yeah, sure. Morale has to be low in the Bucks. Uh, I'd say locker room, but more the weight room um, at the moment. Uh, yeah. Just when you lose a face like that. But again, it, Blaine wasn't expected to be back. So happy that he's going somewhere else. But Scott, you know, it's very weird. Yeah. I don't know what went into the heads of the Chiefs after the Bucks beat them in the Super Bowl, but they love <laughs> taking all Bucks players. You know, whether yeah. it's Justin Watson, now Blaine, Mike Edwards this yeah, offseason right. as well. There's another Ronald Jones. They yeah. like taking Bucks players. I mean, Andy Reid must have a thing for the Bucks scouting department because yeah. uh, they go from TB to KC like really quickly. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, here's a couple of good ones right here. Uh, KC Joe's, no doubt. That's my favorite. Char Bar is fantastic. Q39. Those are some 
amazing places. And of course, if you're a fan of Ted Lasso, uh, you'll you'll know that that Arthur Bryant's and Gates uh, Gates Barbecue is actually Rashad White's favorite spot. He's a Kansas mm-hmm. City native too. So I've, I've talked barbecue with with Rashad White. Gates Barbecue is is a legend out there in Kansas City. And a uh, whoa, Adam Hamilton with the forty nine. Adam Hamilton, our guy. Super Adam chat. has given Man. us very large super chats before. Adam yeah. Hamilton. You are the man. Thank you so much for the 49. I already feel better. Yeah. Like my, my, my grieving for right? Blaine is yeah. over now because of Adam, Adam Hamilton's super thank, chat. Thank you, Adam. And and Adam says, guys, Bijan, talking about Bijan Robinson, yep. we took OJ Howard over Dalvin Cook. We took Gaines over AP. Yeah. I understand oh, value, goodness. but I think we would all take Dalvin or AP. Bijan looks like an absolute stud. How do we pass if he's there? Love y'all and go Bucks. Pounding the table for Bijan, LOL. Yeah. Strong I, I, statement by Adam yes. Hamilton. Yeah, you know, I'll just say this. Uh, here's here's a little inside, you know, poker from from what I know with the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers were very, very high on Saquon Barkley when he came out. Obviously, they weren't in position to take him. But Saquon Barkley is a guy they really liked. Uh, Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin who went yes. to the Colts. They were very high. Matt, you were in that conversation. We're not going to say with hey, who, but pretty high. You, you, you were in that conversation and um, um, saw the amount of affection they had for Jonathan Taylor. I'm just not sure that this team can spend a first-round draft pick right now when they have more pressing needs on the offensive line, on defense, et cetera. they got to be able to get to the quarterback with an outside linebacker. I know they have fingers crossed for Shaq Barrett, but, man uh, – 30 years old to be 31 in November, coming off a torn Achilles tendon. You've got Joe Tryon Shoenka, former first-round pick, who stalled out at four sacks. You re-sign Anthony Nelson, Matt, but, I mean, he'll give you five, five-and-a-half sacks. That, that's about it. So um, I understand the situation. I love Bijan Robinson. I'm glad he's out of the Big 12. I saw what he did. I mean, you talk about a guy who just destroyed a very good Kansas State defense, not once but twice. This is the guy, and, and he's a hell of a player. He's a generational type back. I'm telling you right now, I don't think he's going to be there at 19. I think he goes higher Wow, than that. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Atlanta Falcons take him, to be perfectly frank with you. Of I course, they, if he doesn't go to the Bucs, he would go to the NFC yeah. South. That just, well, I'm just saying, just like, work the uh, there's nobody that loves to run the ball more than, than Arthur yes. Smith and uh, I, maybe Jim Harbaugh, uh, or I should say John Harbaugh, not Jim, yeah. John Harbaugh. Uh, although Jim likes to run it. Jim does like it. to run it, too. He yeah, does just, like to run uh, it, yeah. At the collegiate level. The Eagles like to run the ball, too. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he goes higher. And I wouldn't even rule out the, the Cowboys trying to, to trade up to get Bijan Robinson. I think that Jerry Jones has a thing for him. And I wouldn't be surprised if Tampa Bay is that team to trade back a little bit and, and uh, corral some some extra draft picks. So this is actually the perfect podcast to kind of explain why really as exciting yeah. B. John Robinson is why the Bucks can't really go after him. And I'm in full agreement, Adam, like he's such an exciting electric running back where you go, Oh, I just, I yeah. want him so badly, but you know, it's kind of like when you're eating food, if you're having dinner, like, yes, you can have steak and burritos at times, yeah, but you also got to mix in a salad, and you have to eat your vegetables, or else you know you're yep. obviously bad things will happen. As much as the Bucks want Bijan Robinson, you have to address nickel corner and edge rusher and offensive yep. tackle. And so, it, it, if it was another season, if it was like two seasons ago, 
after they won the Super Bowl, yeah, they could have absolutely right. done it after they re-signed everybody. It's just for sure not it's not the right time. But he is a very exciting player. Yeah, he is. Um, I, I think the Buccaneers also like another Texas running back too, uh, yes. Rashawn Johnson. That they they had him in for a top thirty visit. And Matt, this is a good segue. We're going to get to our our show topic here in a bit, but uh, boy, we had a flurry after not announcing a, a single damn new top 30 visit. We've had a flurry of top 30 visits get reported on in the last 24 hours since we did the show. So let's get right to it. Let's let's talk about some of these. This is the updated list right here. And uh, so the Buccaneers, I think, are up to 18, if my math is correct. There's been so many over the last 24 hours. I, I added them all, but I haven't counted them up. I think it's 18 now. So the new names are uh, last night. Darnell Washington, the Georgia tight end, was was reported that he has visited the Bucks or will visit the Bucks. And then uh, a another big name we've kind of been waiting on because we yeah. talked about Darnell Wright from Tennessee. And, and gosh, Matt, I'm just not sure if he's going to be there. I don't know that Darnell Wright makes it to number 19. The guy's stock is rising. But one player that could be there is a player that just visited the Buccaneers, Anton Harrison, yesterday, the Oklahoma left tackle. And for all you folks out there that – are so concerned about Tristan Wirfs making the move from right tackle to left tackle. Well, they draft Anton Harrison, the left tackle from Oklahoma. Then Wirfs stays on the right side and, and all is right with the world. It would be very funny after all this. Will he, won't he, will he, won't yeah. he? Yes, I'm training on both sides. Nope, he's just going to stay at right tackle and yeah. uh, they go with Anton Harrison. And then the Buccaneers, you know, we talk a lot about how they're in love with uh, you know, Auburn players, Washington players, yeah. um, Central Michigan as well. They got a thing this in this year's draft for Illinois. They had oh, yeah. three players from the University of Illinois come in and visit uh, on a top 30 visit for the Buccaneers. Two were twins. That's Sydney right. Sydney and Chase Brown, that is uh, safety, Sydney Brown, and running back Chase Brown. Yeah. And then uh, Quan Martin, the nickel corner. Uh, in the uh, defensive backfield as well. And we've talked a lot about Sidney Brown, how exciting of a player yeah. he is. The Troy Ten interceptions. Multiple Six last year. Flying around. And, uh, you know, Chase Brown, again, another, I think we're in that situation with all due respect to Adam Hamilton and, and B. John Robinson. The Bucks shouldn't be going for a running back like right away or at least yeah. earlier on. So I think Chase Brown low to the ground, physical, uh, will go after you, but has some speed too, um, yeah. obviously on the radar for um, the Buccaneers. And then if they want to address the secondary, now I think Martin, we were a little bit higher on first before like Jamel Dean got re-signed and Ryan right. Neal signed to the team. But I don't think that means that the Bucs should sour away at all with uh, with a sure. player of his caliber. They still need to figure out nickel. Yeah, he's a big-time nickel player. He played in the slot a bunch at Illinois, came away with three interceptions last year. I mean, look at that that secondary, man. Devin Witherspoon, who's yeah. a likely top-10 pick. Then you have Quan Martin in the nickel corner. Then you, you have Sidney Brown, uh, who you know is a, I think, second-team All-American. And, um, and then his brother Chase, who ran for, gosh, a bunch of yards, uh, well over, I think, 1,300 yards last year. And uh, is is a workhorse back? Proved that he could carry the load, and and also proved to be the faster brother. He's got bragging rights at the combine over his twin Sidney Brown. Chase Brown uh, ran a four four three, and his brother Sidney is a four four seven defensive back. So 
there's um you know there's there's some bragging rights there for the offensive player so uh you know uh, these these are the the latest top 30 visits that we've we've seen in Tampa Bay now um, Darnell Washington the the massive tight end from Georgia Anton Harrison left tackle from Oklahoma and then the trio of fighting a lion I Chase Brown Sidney Brown and Quan Martin so you can see there that's the board uh that Sydney Brown is the only safety they brought in so far that we know of. Quan Martin is the is the second corner we know of, and of course Brown makes the third running back. Harrison makes the second offensive tackle, and Darnell Washington also makes the second tight end there. So, gosh, with all this draft stuff, you know, it just where are you going to go for the 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 best Bucks coverage on draft day? Well, uh, I I know where you can get that done. You can get that done at, at pewterreport.com and also right here on Pewter Report TV, which is our YouTube channel. That's right. We're going to have the live draft show, the Pewter Report live draft show that is presented and energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of Pewter Report. Folks, April 27th, April 28th, and April 29th, you see the times there. We're going to go on an hour each day before the draft starts to get you all caught up on the latest news and scoop we're hearing on your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So two places you can watch it. Watch it on our mothership, the website, pewterreport.com. We'll have it streaming there. And, of course, it's accessible on your phone, as well as our, our YouTube channel, Pewter Report TV. Make sure that you're subscribing to Pewter Report TV and liking all of our videos. So uh, we invite you to, to join us next week. It's coming up quick, Matt. It's coming yes, up quick. it is. It's always, always a fun time. And, of course, we're going to talk a ton about uh, the Buccaneers specifically, but there are 31 other teams, at least in the first round, picking That's this right. year. The Dolphins got suspended, thanks to Tom Brady, uh, of all people. But we comment on the other teams' picks. If you want to watch yeah. us make fun of teams that make bad picks, we will make fun of teams that make bad picks. We'll yeah. praise other teams that um, that make good picks. And you never know what's going to happen. Last year, the Bucks traded out of the first round. Still an yeah. awesome time. I remember uh, we had a great video that went out on social media about talking about how the Bucks fleeced the Jacksonville Jaguars That's right. in that trade and end up getting uh, Logan Hall, of course, with yeah. the first pick in the second round. So you never know what's going to happen yeah. on draft night. Well, uh, to our knowledge, Bijan Robinson has not come in for a top 30 visit with the Buccaneers. He also did not meet with them at all, either formally or informally at the combine. So, Either it's one hell of a smokescreen by the Buccaneers showing zero interest in Pichon Robinson and then <laughs> making a surprise move on, on draft day in the first round, or they simply just are not going to invest a first-round pick on a running back this year. One of the other is going to happen. We'll find out next Thursday. It just it just can't be. I mean, there's still so many holes to fill. And I was thinking about the, the top 30 visits as well. I, there, there's still multiple picks to go, so I'm not, like, crazy surprised, yeah. but – when we look at the like the box step chart, you have three wide receivers, three, well, two great ones, one that has a lot to prove this year. Yeah. Like the Bucks need to get a wide receiver this year. And then yeah. what Jason Lane had to say about the tight end position, obviously they just brought in Washington, but the deepest tight end class that he's probably seen in the last 10 years. That's that right. makes me feel like that they are going to talk to another tight end or two, because if they're that deep, then I don't know. I think you definitely have to consider it. Adam Hamilton yeah. with the $1.99 Super Chat says, Bijan, no matter what. Loves the guy. Loves Bijan. He does. He does. And then no one will be, will be happier outside of Dave Canales 
if the Bucks do draft Bijan Robinson, then uh, and maybe Skip Pete, other than Adam Hamilton. So, yeah, <laughs> um, we'll see what happens. Uh, just put the updated top thirty visit tracker in the chat so you can check that out. And we also have um, uh, the latest Bucks draft preview. It's the wide receiver position. Uh, also includes the Bucks best bets that Matt did. That just came out at four o'clock. That's also going in the chat. So check out those. Latest articles from pewterreport.com, and we've got a ton of stories today on pewterreport.com. Gosh, I think we're already up to six or seven. So it's been a busy day for Bucks news. Make sure you check out pewterreport.com for that. Um, you know, Matt, I, I started my day. I, I didn't realize how much news was going to come out today, especially all these top 30 visits, but I was prepared. You know, I was prepared because the first thing I did when I got up this morning, um, outside of, of taking my dog, um, Moose, for a walk, because he barks like I have to do that first. But OK, the second thing I did was I grabbed a can of Celsius. Why? Because it's the official energy drink at PeterReport.com. And I'm not stupid. When I want functional, essential energy, I'm going to go to the official energy drink at Peter Report. I didn't grab the fantasy vibe, although I do have a can of that. That's for tomorrow. I went right for the orange today. It's my number one favorite. It's, it's oh, going to yeah. always stay in the, the pole position. But there are so many great flavors. When I'm looking for one that's maybe a little bit less sweet in the afternoon, I'm going right for that lemon-lime sparkling. Or I might go for the cola. That's right, the cola-flavored. I don't have a picture of that. But, but man, if you're a cola drinker, why not get the cola-flavored Celsius? Because it has no sugar. That means no sugar crash later on. You get all the energy. It's the healthiest energy drink we feel on the market today. And where can you get it? Well, it's real simple. All you have to do is go to Celsius.com, click on the store locator, and find out where you can get it at your local health and fitness store, your grocery store, your convenience stores, or your, gosh, what's that word I'm thinking of, Matt? It's a, it's a bodega. Bodega. <laughs> and when you want to buy them in bulk and get them shipped right to your door because you want to go out and look for them and do the scavenger hunt thing, well, you go to Amazon.com and... Uh, just buy them in bulk. Use the subscribe and save option and save some money and get Celsius shipped right to your door. You can't beat that, folks. Celsius, the official energy drink of Pewter Report. I have to give a hockey assist. Shout out to the Lightning. Go yeah. Bolts. Let them Go beat Bolts the uh, yeah. Leafs. Got to give a hockey assist to the strawberry, sparkling Ooh. strawberry lemonade. Uh, it's a strong flavor right there, Matera. Yeah, one of my favorite flavors. Uh, got me through the wide receivers write-up and uh, the 30 wide receivers that you can read about on Pewter That's Report. Right. Dot com and Bucks Best Bets, of course. So shout out yep. Strawberry Lemonade. Yeah, Fantasy Vibes getting a lot of love today. And uh, Gary Buff says they got a 12-pack for 21 bucks at Walmart. Yeah, Walmart is also a retailer that carries them. And the brand-new flavor out, which I've yet to try, is the Sparkling Oasis Vibe. And that is a prickly pear and lime flavor. I'm dying to try it. So if you've if you've tried it, let me know how you, you think about it, the pewter people. We're... Uh, we're excited to uh, to try that flavor, and we're excited to talk about the Bucks depth chart, the current depth chart. That's right, we gave we gave our guy Robert Hainsey some center love, right? Yeah. I mean, centers don't get the love. Ryan Jensen gets all the love. Line. Yeah, well, it's critical too, right? Because that's that's a very important position. It's a position the Bucks could draft on the very first round, you know. And let's let's get right to the uh, the depth chart here. So the names that you're going to see in black, those are the names that are that are pretty much in pen, if you will. The ones in pewter, well, consider those in pencil on the depth chart here. So the Bucks will have three quarterbacks this year. 
One of them might be on the practice squad, but as it stands right now, Baker Mayfield, Kyle Trask, are they going to draft a, a Will Levis or a Hendon Hooker or Clayton Toon on day three? We'll see. But right, as it stands right now, the Bucks will have to add a quarterback, Matt, either in the draft or as an undrafted free agent or, or maybe bringing back Ryan Griffin. I wouldn't be opposed to that just to have an old Wiley veteran on the staff. Why not? The longest tenured quarterback in Buccaneers right. history. Ryan Griffin. Yeah, I mean, why not? The, everyone's learning the offense together, so might as well bring in a guy that uh, can kind of help you, uh, help tutor you along yeah. with it. I'd be fine with that. I'm fine with a late round quarterback in this year's draft. Maybe going the the veteran quarterback route, like a yeah. real veteran that's not going to threaten the 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 job for Kyle Trask and and Baker Mayfield. I think it's set up to be a two man race, unless you know, someone drops from the clouds and it's like, this guy has to come to the box. Let right. it be Trask against Baker. But yes, you do have to get a, you do have to get a third quarterback. Cause we saw what happened in the NFC championship game when you don't have enough quarterbacks around. Yeah. Uh, things can go South very quickly. No doubt about it. When you look at the running back position, sometimes the bucks have gotten away with three. That's not going to be the case this year. Why they're going to run, 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 run the ball. With uh, with new offensive coordinator Dave Canales, and if you notice, I said run four times because they're going to have to have four running backs. Some of those guys towards the back end of the depth chart are going to play special teams. We have Patrick Laird penciled in right now. I don't think he's going to end up being the fourth guy. I look for the Bucks to draft a, a running back. If it's going to be an early one, it might be Jamar Gibbs from Alabama. Right might on. be Rashawn Johnson from Texas if it's later. Might be Chase Brown, who was just in the building with his brother, Sidney, uh, the kid from Illinois. Or it could be a late guy, sixth, seventh round pick, maybe Mohammed Ibrahim. We know that Jason Light is starting to have a fondness now for Minnesota players having drafted Anton Winfield and Coquith recently. You know, I look at this running back room with the understanding that uh, another one's coming through the draft. And who knows, maybe whoever they decide to pick, and you just mentioned a couple of players Maybe one of them knocks you off your socks and they automatically become the, you know, second or third string running back or whatever it may be, because obviously Rashad White is going to be the guy. But just looking at these three and then Patrick Laird as well, but I yeah. imagine he'll just be another practice squad guy, special teams in case of emergency. Yeah. I don't feel fantastic about this this running back room. Well, I, I look at it two ways. One, like I'm not in love with Keyshawn Vaughn. I understand that he's getting better and he's improving in certain areas. Chase Edmonds doesn't move the needle for me, but then I was thinking about it a little bit more. And, you know, we do say in general, running backs are a dime a dozen. You can find one anywhere. I thought furthermore about just the running backs in Seattle that Dave yeah. Canales was working with. And Thomas Rawls became an instant fantasy football free agent that you have to take a waiver on type yeah. of player. Uh, McKissick as well, J.D. McKissick. So yep. maybe it's not just Keyshawn Vaughn and Chase Edmonds. Maybe it's Dave Canales and the Bucks' offense with their attitude and commitment to running the ball. Yeah. Keyshawn Vaughn becomes your next Thomas Rawls that people yeah. don't draft in fantasy football, but then all of a sudden they're clamoring for him. Heaven forbid something happens to Rashad White. But I don't know. Yeah. I, I, the running backs had me in my feelings today talking talking, <laughs> and thinking about the Bucs. Yeah, you know, in, in the tight ends, uh, everyone is so quick to write off uh, the guys in the bottom of this, this depth chart here. You've got – let me uh, 
take this banner off so you can see here. You got Kate Otten. He's a keeper. So is Coquift. David Wells is the 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 other tight end that they've signed. And Dominique Daphne. Those are guys that are going to be fighting for probably the, the third or fourth tight end spot. They'll keep four tight ends. And one of those guys might stick, but they're going to draft the tight end as well. So they're going to yes. add to that room at least one player in the draft. And they'll probably go to camp with, with six. So my guess is you'll see them draft the tight end somewhere in this draft. If you're thinking early, maybe it's Darnell Washington. Maybe it is Sam Laporta from Iowa. If you're thinking later, maybe it's Josh Wiley or Payne Durham from Purdue. I'm a big fan of Tucker Craft. I would love yep. to see Tucker Craft come to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yep. South, he is South Dakota State. Jack hashtag Rabbits. my guy. Shout out Josh Capo. Had that story the other day. Tucker yeah. Craft is my guy. I'm adding him to the list. Yeah, and so th they're going to be adding two more tight ends to the mix there. So I, I could, I could see them, you know, coming away with with at least one in the draft, and then one as uh, an undrafted free agent to to fill out that roster. Now, wide receiver, we don't really talk about this. This is not a good year for wide receivers in terms of the draft. The Bucks may or may not draft one, but when you look at the numbers, they're probably going to keep at least five, possibly six, due to special teams. The top three are set in stone. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Russell Gage. Devin Tompkins probably has the inside track if he can win that return job again. Kalen Geiger, practice squad player, also impressed. But the thing is, is they only have one big receiver, Matt. That's Mike Evans. Everyone else yeah. is six foot one or under. And so I think they're going to add a bigger wide receiver, either in the draft or as an undrafted free agent, try to add a little bit more size to that receiving core. And, um, but that's a position that they're going to they're going to go to camp with 10 of those guys. They only have five right now. So you might get one in the draft, maybe on day three. And then they're going to be a slew of undrafted free agents at this position. I think they're, they're going to come away with a, a lot of receivers that are going to be undrafted free agents. Do you agree? I think it has to be the case. I mean, you can't go in with just essentially three wide receivers and a kick returner. And we saw a lot of undrafted free agent players last year. Tompkins, Geiger, uh, Jared Stearns was a guy that made waves, but ultimately did not end up making the team. And I think it's very telling the fact that the Bucks haven't signed any wide receivers. They, you know, they elected not to, at least not to this point, bring back Rashad Perriman, which I don't think yeah. they should. I don't think they were knocking on the door to get Scotty Miller and Scotty ends up going to Atlanta. Congrats to Scotty, by the way. Yeah. Uh, they announced that his wife is pregnant and congrats on the signing. Absolutely. As well. um, so with all that said, the Bucks have went the route of small, speedy wide receivers. They still have it to a degree with Devin Tompkins. And if they decide to do something with Geiger, you can still find speed, but they need to find the height. And that's why, you know, you saw, you saw a lot of the big names with, formal meetings that the Bucks had at the NFL draft with, um, you know, Quinton Johnston and uh, in, in, in Jiba from, from uh, Ohio state. But one yeah. of the guys that, you know, isn't in those top three, top five uh, Addison as well from USC. But one of, one of the guys later on was Michael Jefferson out of Louisiana. He's like that's six, right. three, six, four shout out to the raging Cajuns. Like yeah. that's a taller guy. That's going to be in a later round that I think while he might not be the quickest guy, they just need to find someone that has a little bit more height that isn't necessarily Tyler Johnson 2.0. Yeah. But they they have to go in a different direction with this wide receiver room because it it, it was just outside of Mike and Chris, it was ugly last year. Yeah. And uh, 
They brought back the outside linebackers. They can't do that again with the wide receivers. That's right. And it's unfortunate what happened to uh, Michael Jefferson just a couple of days ago was it was in a pretty serious car wreck, suffered multiple injuries. That's obviously going to affect his draft stock. Yeah. But he is one of those day three guys the Bucks actually used a formal visit on at the Combine. And so you know, we'll see. I've, I've not heard anything in terms of what those injuries are, but uh, certainly the way it was at first re- reported, it uh, it doesn't sound like uh, he's going to be ready for football anytime soon, unfortunately. We have a, a question here from Mark Fisher, who always donates to the site. So do you think uh, offensive tackle Darnell Wright or the Oklahoma offensive tackle Anton Harrison will be available? Or do you agree with Josh Capo that they – uh, that they'll be gone now in first in the first round. Uh, I don't know. I think Wright has a chance to be gone. I think Broderick Jones I, and Paris Johnson and Skronsky from Northwestern, those will be the guys off the board, and I wouldn't be surprised if Harrison is still on the board at number 19. And if he is, I think that might be the pick. I would probably say if Wright or Harrison were on the board together at 19, I would probably lean towards Tampa Bay drafting Darnell Wright. He seems a little bit more like their type of offensive player, a little bit bigger, a little bit nastier. Uh, but Harrison is plenty athletic, got a very good upside, plays left tackle, so you can keep Tristan Wirfs on the right side. I, I don't think both of those guys are going to be gone. I think one of those guys uh, will be there. Or if a team likes Harrison better, then Broderick Jones from Georgia might fall, the left tackle from the Bulldogs. And, He's more of a developmental player, in my opinion, but he's a better athlete than Harrison. So he's not probably a plug-and-play player at left tackle, although they would. But there's going to be some growing pains, I think, with him at the next level. I was a fan of Broderick Jones. I actually didn't really think he was going to be there when the Bucs are are picking at 19 if they stay there unless they make a trade. So I would be all in if Broderick Jones um, is available. It worked with one athletic offensive tackle with Tristan Wirfs and that zone blocking, you know, get him out in space, get him against smaller defenders. I'd be in on that, but I agree with you that I don't think both will be gone by then, especially the the rumors and the rumblings in this draft of, uh, you know, a quarterback might not be taken second. And then if those quarterbacks jump down, another team is going to jump on that. And that sometimes is how the board goes where you might actually get one of those tackles. It's going to be very unpredictable first round. Yes. It it just is. It's, uh, we had Marcus Whitman on, uh, you know, a week or so ago, and and he he just said like all these mock drafts are all over the place, and it's going to be kind of madness in the first round. What's going to happen? Because there's going to be a lot of players, some some even second round picks on some people's mind or some people's board drafted in the first round, just because it's you know beauties in the eye of the beholder, and uh, teams are going to pick who they want. That's there's not a lot of consensus on certain positions on certain players in the first round, et cetera, this year. Even making the my wide receiver list, you know, I'm watching yeah. tape, but I'm also reading notes from, yeah. you know, PFF and Dane Brugler, who does the beast and a couple other websites. And, yeah. you know, outside of like the, the top three, really. Right. Everyone else, it was like you would have one guy at seven, but he'd be yeah. at 15 on another right. one. It was very, it might it be was a thing very with, interesting to see. It might be a thing with the receivers where you could have one taken in the first round or you could have three taken, right? It just depends on on what what teams needs are yeah. and, and who they like. So let's stick to the, the trenches now. Let's take a look at the Bucks trenches, the offense and defensive line. So offensive tackles, guards, and centers, they're going to have 10 on their active roster, on their 53-man. Uh, that's usually the number that, that they're going to 
end up with. So if you look at the at the guys in pen in black ink, in this instance, Tristan Wirfs, Brandon Walton, the team is very high on him. At the very least, he's a swing tackle option. Lou Gedeke might be moving to right tackle, or he could stay at guard on that right side at right guard. Nick Leverett and Matt Filer, the the new player. Um, Filer has experience at right tackle, but the Bucks are going to give him a shot at left guard first. Then you got, of course, Ryan Jensen, who returns at center, the Pro Bowler, and then Robert Hainsey, who played just about every snap at center last year for Jensen and, and played pretty well in his first season of action. So doing the math on that, that's seven. So there are going to be three other offensive linemen, including probably at least one from the draft that will make up the 10 on this list. But you've got Grant Hermans, uh, Michael Neese, Dylan Cook, who was in camp last year, Justin yeah. School, who has been on this roster for a while. Aaron Stinney was re-signed. He's not a lock to make the roster, but you know there's a chance. The only problem with Stinney is he's just a guard. He can't play center, can't play tackle. Yeah. Look at a guy like Nick Leverett. He can play tackle on a pinch. He can play center. He's got greater position flexibility. Same with John Mulchin, who can also play center. So the problem with Stinney is he's he's kind of locked into guard. He's got to make the team as as either that number three guard or as a starter for him to earn a roster spot. So uh, they're going to have to find three more offensive starters there. And then uh, Matt, when you look at the defensive line, that's usually six deep, right? So you have Vita Vea, Logan Hall, Greg Gaines, Pat O'Connor, the special teams ace. He'll probably make it as the number six defensive lineman. And they're looking for two more guys. One might come in the draft. One might come from the list that it's Deidre Sanat, Mike Green, or, Willington Prevalon. Wow, it's been a while since. It's been uh, a while. It feels so we good. We broke to say out a, a Willington Prevalon. I'm going to say it again. Willington Prevalon. <laughs> it's so fun to say. We have to get him on the pod, and then we keep yeah. saying that. We got to make it happen. Yeah. We uh, and I wouldn't be surprised after the draft, depending on who they get or don't get, if Will Golston returns on a cheap one-year veteran minimum deal. I wouldn't be surprised to see if that happens. So that's yeah, for- how. That's how that 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 group shapes up right there. These are not edge rushers. These are these are what they call defensive linemen, defensive tackles, nose tackles, kind of four eye defensive ends in this Todd Bowles three four scheme. So they'll need two more defensive linemen, three more offensive linemen. So you can see where those team needs are heading into the draft. Overall, I'm a big fan of the depth in general uh, at offensive guard. Uh, yeah, I know everything you said about Stinney just before. I'm a big fan of Stinney. I think especially in competition with, you know, some of the guys you mentioned at tackle and motion yeah. at guard and stuff like that. The fact that he's proved it with playing in significant moments, I, I yeah. think, is really important with Stinney. And then even outside of that, you know, Hainsey being able to move around. That's right. Yeah, and Hainsey. Hainsey can be that backup center. Exactly. He can also compete for the starting guard and spot. You, you have Nick Leverett back who had a lot of starting experience. Yeah. Now get a key. Like, do you keep him at guard? Do you move him at tackle? There's like so many different moving parts, but I feel pretty comfortable with most of them yeah. um, at, in, at guard. And then when, what, as long as you have Tristan Wirfs on one side, you know, yeah. of, of offensive tackle, I trust the Bucks to at least figure it out. You know, more right. often than not, they get, the job done with finding the right offensive tackle, at least in recent years, you know, whether right. it was Alex Kappa years ago with Donovan and, and, and Ali Marpet. So I feel confident there. Defensive tackle, I'm a little bit at, at a wait and see moment uh, currently. Yeah. You mentioned Will Golston. Will he come back? 
Logan Hall, if he takes a big step in his development this year, then yeah, I feel a lot better about the defensive line than right. I do right now. And Greg, Greg Gaines, obviously the chemistry with Vita Bea going back to Washington, what his role was with LA stopping that run, getting the bucks back to that run stuffing team. That was the bread and butter of this defense outside right. of getting to the quarterback and, and turning the ball over. That's why I'm a little bit at a, a wait and see. I, yeah. I understand what games can do, but show it to me in training camp. I'm with you. So just to repeat, Matt Filer will will likely start at left guard. That's the spot they're going to give him a shot at right there. And I'm telling you right now, the Bucks disaster plan. Let's let's say they you know wait to take an offensive lineman or the guys aren't there, and and for whatever reason, for whatever reason, if if they don't come away with with the starting caliber offensive tackle, Matt. This this is how it's explained to me. The fallback emergency plan is Tristan Wirfs left tackle, Luke Gedeke, the second round pick at right tackle. You've got Filer who can also step in there as well if necessary. And you've got Brandon Walton who will also compete at right tackle, but can really be that swing tackle to kind of replace Josh Wells. So is that ideal? Not really. You'd love to have one more premium pick in there, a first or second round tackle, right? Just to compete mm -hmm. for one of those tackle spots. But that's the kind of disaster fallback plan this year. It, they feel like they have enough, Matt. Do they want more? Yes. Sure. Do they want more and better in terms of talent? Yes. But as it stands right now, they feel good about the players they have. Even if they didn't add another one, they feel pretty good, especially with the addition of Filer, about the team's talent and depth and competition at a lot of spots, especially with, with Hainsey getting to play center last year. If yeah, something happens to Jensen again, yeah. you know The versatility, absolutely. I believe Jason Light said at the NFL Combine, something along the lines of, if I could draft 10 players in the trenches every year, I would. Yeah. <laughs> so they're always <laughs> yeah. looking to add yeah. And you know what? I mean, his his track record for drafting offensive linemen. OK, now for, forget the day three guys that he kind of experimented with earlier in his career. You know, the, uh, the those those players, um, Kevin Pamples, the guys I'm talking about there, the Caleb Beninox, et cetera. Those were day three guys that regardless of the position, day three guys have a very, very slim chance of making the roster. That's just a fact. But Matt, since he's been the general manager of the Buccaneers, all of his premium picks have wound up starting, right? I'm talking rounds one, two, and three. You've got Donovan Smith, second rounder, Ali Marpet, second rounder in 2015. Then you got Alex Kappa, a guard in um, 2018. You've got Tristan Wirfs, starting right tackle in 2020. Uh, you back up a year, and you got Robert Hainsey. Or actually, Robert Hainsey was was a, a third round pick as well. So whether it's the first round with Werps, the second round with Get it with uh, Gedeke yep. and Marpet and Donovan Smith, the third round with Kappa and Hainsey, all of those players have have started for the Buccaneers. And don't write off Get Gedeke yet. He's he still has some developing to do. The last two games we saw of him at were his best: the Week 18 game at right tackle, and then the playoff game at back at left guard. That was his best game of the season at left guard. What have you done for me lately? <laughs> yeah. Used in a positive way. Usually, it's usually when you say "What have you done for me lately?" Right. It's, it's in a negative light. 
right. uh, with certain players. So don't give up just yet on uh, Luke Gedeke. Uh, another player I think people are starting to give up on a little bit, but maybe they shouldn't because he's in the same draft class as Luke Gedeke as we transition to the linebackers and the DBs and everything. Yeah. Zion McCollum. And yeah. it's going to be an interesting year for Zion McCollum. We don't need to skip over inside linebacker and outside yeah. linebacker. I was just trying to make a better transition. But sure. McCollum going uh, as a nickel corner is something that Jason Light said himself when when we spoke to him next week. So yeah. a little bit of something to keep your keep your eye on during this training camp at OTS. Yeah, it, it's unusual to have a taller corner inside like that. And, and Zion's you know, around 6'3" the tallest cornerback on the team right now, but he's so agile, right? I mean, he is the top rated cornerback coming out of the draft in the relative athletic score, the RAS score. Like he got a 10 out of 10. I mean, he's, he's the most athletic corner to come out of the draft. Now, is he the best corner? No. Is he the best football player? No. What that means is he's a tremendous athlete. Now he did make a ton of plays. I think he had 15 interceptions at Sam Houston, but it, it's a big transition from Sam Houston to the NFL. And he'll have all of the soft season to watch his film from last year, correct some mistakes, and maybe learn a new spot. But the Buccaneers have very high hopes for him. I know both Todd Bowles and Jason Light are very high on McCollum. And he got his feet wet last year. We'll see if he can make that big jump. Because usually, just like in college, that jump between your freshman and sophomore year is huge, as well as in the NFL to go from a rookie to your second year. Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean, obviously are pencil, or I should say uh, in ink, the guys in pencil, you'll see there. D Delaney has got a chance to make this team. They'll probably keep five corners. Uh, Anthony Chelsea and Don Gardner, who was kind of a star in the preseason last year, spent the year That's in the right. practice squad and Duran Lowe. So those are the cornerbacks right there. They're going to probably add at least, probably two or three more to that training camp depth chart. And I would suspect one will come in the draft, probably a guy that can play nickel. D Delaney can also play nickel. So, but I don't know that he's a starting caliber player. So they're going to come away with, with another starter or two there. Matt, when you look at that outside linebacker room, you have Shaq Barrett, Joe Trine, Shoinka, Anthony Nelson, those three guys will make this team. They'll probably settle in for another outside linebacker spot, maybe another one, depending on special teams. So you're looking at, they're going to keep four at least, if not five yeah. outside linebackers this year, right? Yeah, that has to be the case. I mean, Cam Gill is, is the guy that would be a, a fringe player quick. So obviously could play special teams a little bit, but you know, isn't, isn't the most physical guy by any means in general, everything on the left side uh, on the screen that, that people can see, um, whether it's outside linebacker or inside linebacker, inside linebacker straight up terrifies me in, in terms of depth. Outside linebacker, not loving it as well for so many things that we've already talked about. So I don't really want to repeat myself too much, but the uncertainty of Shaq Barrett, the uncertainty of the development of, of Joe Tryon-Shanka, then who's going to yeah. be that fourth guy? You know, it doesn't look like Carl Nassib is going to be back necessarily. We'll see what happens with the draft, because if, yeah. they, if they don't pick an outside linebacker early, that could still be uh, on the table. But, yeah, I think whoever else is going to be on this team is coming through the draft. I don't look at uh, Rashad or Snowden as, as as really much of a threat. And then the depth at inside linebacker, I mean, my goodness. K.J. Britt, sure, you're 
you're solid at special teams. But yeah. I mean, JJ Russell didn't even beat out Olakunle Fadukasi last That's year right. for the the inside linebacker battle, and Gilbert Ulysses Gilbert uh, got called up here and there from from the practice squad. But I mean, yeah. woof, they need to find a, a an inside linebacker where if something goes wrong with Devin, especially Devin yeah. and Levante David, then you can trust this person to come in and play for the rest of the season. I just don't see that on the roster right now. Matt, you and I were talking about this the other day at uh, at the Advent Health Training Center over at One Buck Place before the press conferences yesterday. And we talked about how Kevin Minter back in 2020 yes. was a really good, solid guy that stepped in for Devin White, played some football. And and really kind of helped. Remember, he was he was a starter next to Levante David in that that Washington playoff game. Yeah, that wild card game. The wild card game. And and he, you know, he was solid, not spectacular, but he was solid. And and so to me, they need that type of player that they can get you through a couple games as a starter. And and, and not just that, but but you got to find somebody that can really maybe step up and play and be the eventual successor to Levante David. If if Devin White plays bad football next year, and he will play for the Buccaneers, he's not going to be traded, and he's not going to hold out because it's not going to get him what he wants. He's going to have to play next year. The Bucs hold all the cards. But if he plays and doesn't play well, the Bucs could simply move on from him next year and get a third-round pick probably because someone's going to pay him. Maybe not what he wants, the $20 million, but – he'll make a sizable chunk of change, but they'll get a compensatory draft pick the following year, probably in the third or fourth round. But then you, you lose a player, right? And Levante Davis is not going to play forever. He'll be 34 next January. So there is a scenario where the Buccaneers don't have Devin white and don't have Levante David after the season. And I, I know it's, abs- it's absolutely, <laughs> they got to get one this year to have one in the hopper to, to groom in this Todd Bowles defense. They have to, and you know, you could always find an inside linebacker next year's free agency. If, if Devin white ends up being the, the top linebacker in free agency, but yes, you, you have to have some type of homegrown talent or not even homegrown, but because to, to go back to, to Kevin Minter, like just to have a reliable guy. And he fell off a little bit in 2021. Just someone you could trust and be like, all right, yeah, we we can trust Kevin for three games, right. you know, or one game when we need to win it all. They have to start. The problem is, and I talked about this with Adam Slavon on a, on a recent episode, where the Bucks wanted to run into this issue next year where they're looking for Levante's replacement, but you have Devin still there and ready to go and he can kind of guide along the next inside linebacker in the way that Levante did for Devin White. But now that Devin wants out, he can't go anywhere. But if he wants out after this year, you're starting from square one. You're starting from yeah. square one at the quarterback position on defense, quote unquote. And you got like a, a solid core slash nucleus around you outside of that. Right. Interior defensive line, secondary. You're missing a big, big piece of the puzzle, though, at inside linebacker. No doubt about it. It's it's a key position in Todd Bowles defense. It's the the straw that stirs the drink. There's no doubt. And and really, you know, for some teams, safety is is a lesser position for Todd Bowles, who was a former safety with the Washington Redskins for years. Uh, it, it's it, it's a key position. It's a very important position. Uh, kind of the quarterback back there in the secondary. And right now, this team has three safeties. Three. 
they're going to need at least four for the the 53-man roster. Uh, they might keep five depending on special teams, et cetera. But right now, they only have three, and uh, and they're probably going to need at least, I would say, seven or eight probably for training camp depth. So there's going to be a lot of undrafted free agent safeties yeah. coming down the you know to to one buck place to compete. But Winfield is an absolute ace. He's going to be moving out of the slot and then playing more of that free safety role. Ryan Neal will be the the strong safety. As 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 great as Jason Light has done drafting offensive linemen, especially in the first three rounds, you know what his best position drafting that is? Safety. He's actually four for four in terms of drafting safeties. He's drafted four safeties in his nine years with the Buccaneers drafting as the general manager. And, and all four of them have developed in starters. There's some better than others. Winfield's obviously the best. But back in 2017, when he drafted Justin Evans in the second yeah. round, he was destined for stardom. He was until, fun. Yeah, until a serious foot injury really kind of derailed his career. And he's come back a little bit. He's a shell of his former self, in my opinion. But that, that's a hit. This was an ascending player in the secondary in the second round. Then you've got. Jordan Whitehead, who was a fourth rounder, Mike Evans, a third rounder, and of course, Winfield, a second rounder. But all four of those safeties were starters for this team. And all of them were at least good players. Yeah. Right. I mean, that, that tandem of Winfield and, and, Whitehead. And, and Whitehead helped them win a Super Bowl. And Edwards, too. <laughs> to and Edwards. Yeah. I mean, he was in that part as well. That's why you saw Jordan Whitehead get that contract from the Jets and, and Edwards, not as big of a contract as Whitehead, but Edwards going to the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, the Bucks wanted Jordan Whitehead back. It's just, at that point, they couldn't bring back everyone, even if they wanted to. And Whitehead, unfortunately, was the odd man out. And it helps so much more when Todd Bowles is your head coach, and he absolutely yeah. loves the safety position. I look at it as Antoine Winfield Jr. and Ryan Neal. I like Nolan Turner, but I'm not even, like, counting on him on, on being on the team just right. yet given that he's an undrafted free agent in his own right. So yeah. um, a long way to go at the safety position, but you got the two guys you at least know yeah. is the foundation for the defense. Matt, if they traded back in the first round and and they just whiffed on the tackles, the, the first round caliber tackles are gone and now they're sitting in the late twenties and they, they got, you know, a, a chance to get, let's say Will McDonald from Iowa state whom they like, or, Jack Campbell from Iowa. And I'm kind of with long lost laser. I've watched enough Jack Campbell tape. I'm sold. This guy, this guy can play. And it, the funny thing is he's actually better in coverage than he is as, you know, a between the tackles thumper. He's got the size to do it. He looks like he's more of a throwback type player, but he's actually a stud in coverage. His lateral agility is tremendous. He tested off the charts at the combine. Doesn't have that four, four speed, like Devin White, where he can really cover that way, sideline to sideline. But, man, this guy's instincts are incredible. He's got a lot of intangibles. He's got great size. He's, he's a good athlete. Um, would you be opposed to the Buccaneers getting Jack Campbell at, at the latter part of the first round if they've traded back and got an extra pick in, say, round three or so? I wouldn't be opposed to it because I was saying last week that given the whole Tevin White situation – Inside linebacker becomes a huge need now for yeah. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in what is considered not a very strong inside linebacker yeah. class, which is Jason Light's words pretty much verbatim. Right. So it's not even my opinion on it. It's Jason Light's opinion yeah. on it. And 
you can still, if you trade back, you accumulate some of those other picks, essentially what they right. did last year to, to a point. You can still address, because the biggest problem is you need to now get an inside linebacker, but you also have to find all the other positions we talked about, tackle, outside linebacker, on and on and on. You can still check every single box right? if you make that trade back, and it starts with Jack Campbell, especially because Jason also said there might be a couple of guys that you still like at every position, yeah. even if the whole, entire draft class sucks. So yeah. Jack Campbell, fine. Um, Henley, I'm fine with from Washington State. I, yeah. I would like that. Day on Henley. You know what? I, I I have not seen the Buccaneers have any interest in Day on Henley. They haven't too much. I just like him in general. As, I like as him too. I watched the tape from Washington State, and I think he's a hell of a linebacker. I thought he had a. If he would have went to board. Washington, the Bucks would be all over him. Correct. Yeah, the fact that he's a Cougar, not a Husky, they just crossed him off the draft board. I'm sure. So. <laughs> Uh, well, listen, when it comes to needs, uh, if you are like me, um, if you're over the age of 40, shit, I'm over the age of 50, but uh, if if you're an old fellow like me or coming up on, on middle age and you feel a little sluggish and your workouts aren't what they used to be and you got some mental fog, you know, where you're forgetful and things like that and you're just not as sharp as you used to be mentally or maybe you're falling asleep on the couch way earlier than you should be because it's not even close to bedtime, you might have low testosterone. As we age, our hormones decrease, both for men and women. I was tired all the time, had no sex drive. I was groggy. I felt like I was 80 years old because everything hurt. I came to age rejuvenation because I was tired all the time. Bioidentical hormones has really made such an impact in people's lives. I actually enjoy shopping now. Got my, all my energy back. Mind is sharp. I feel like I'm 18 again. It was perfect for me. Get with Age Rejuvenation. Do it now. Don't wait. Call Age Rejuvenation today. Age Rejuvenation. That was me in the gym just a couple of days ago. Uh, Ashley took that picture. I, I didn't shave, of course, but uh, no, I kid. But listen, if you want to look like guy, like that guy or feel like him, um, Age Rejuvenation is the place to go because the testosterone therapy, folks, it's real. I'm actually an age rejuvenation customer. It, it allows you to defy age. It really does. It does restore your vitality, increase your performance in, in every aspect of life with testosterone therapy. All you have to do is go to agerejuvenation.com and they've got five Tampa Bay locations to serve you. Get a free consultation. Go get the blood work done. Your insurance will pay for it and find out if you have low testosterone they'll check for that plus they'll do a full lab workup it's not just about testosterone they they take care of you and if you need prescription refills etc they've got uh, licensed doctors that will help you with all of your medical needs i also have a thyroid issue that they've treated at uh, age rejuvenation so highly recommend them five tampa Bay locations to serve you uh, sign up for that free consultation it doesn't hurt one single bit to get your blood work done and, and find out if age rejuvenation can help you yeah, absolutely free. Check it out and then go check out pewterreport.com. Once again, another reminder that next week we have the live draft show presented by Celsius going to be uh, a ton of fun. Three days of the NFL draft on Thursday, Friday and Saturday. Can't go wrong with either one of them. I personally kind of like the Saturday one because things start to get off the rails when you're there for uh, for hours. And there's a lot more information who the Bucs have actually drafted at that point. So uh, make sure you watch that next week, starting on Thursday. And in the meantime, please follow us on our social media, pewterreport.com, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. 
We are at Peter Report. And then, of course, our YouTube channel, which you're on right now, is Peter Report TV. Please like and subscribe. It's absolutely free. Just uh, helps us with some numbers and lets you know when we have more content out on our YouTube channel. But that's going to do it for us on today's show. For Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thank you, everybody, for watching. We will see you tomorrow for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Peace out. Out. Grab a Celsius at a bodega. Bodega.